0: Go with me, if you would, to two openings this morning. 1 Samuel 2 and Romans 13. 1 Samuel 2 and verse uh, 29. The Lord said to Eli, he said, You have honored your sons above me. Should we ever honor any of our family or anybody above the Lord? No, you should not, but He, that's what he did. By allowing them to do things in the house of the Lord and in the with the offerings of the Lord and the people of the Lord that he knew was wrong and he just let them keep doing it and he said you've honored your sons above me verse 30 wherefore the Lord God of Israel says I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever but now the Lord says be it far from me for them that honor me I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So here we see that it's possible, even though the Lord has given you something very precious and giving you a place to be used of him, you can lose it if you cease to respect it which is what happened to them. He said, you and your sons and their sons after them should have been in the ministry before me, and I said, I gave it to you. But now, he said, I'm saying, be it far from me. It's not going to be that way. And just in a few days, they were all dead and gone. He said, because I'm going to honor those that honor me. But those that despise me are going to be lightly esteemed by me. Now, the word despise is the opposite of honor, and it means a different thing than a lot of our normal usage. When we think despise, we think basically of uh, detesting something and a stronger manifestation than even what appears in the scripture. According to scripture, to just ignore something is despising it, because to honor something means to value it. The word honor literally means heavy or weighty, and you go back to archaic uh, economy to where you didn't buy things with plastic or paper money. If you bought something, you had to come up with some precious metal, some silver, some gold, and if something was really expensive, it took a lot of gold. And they'd pull out the, the scale, you know, and you'd have to put enough gold or silver on one side to balance out the weight. And if something was really expensive, then it was really heavy. Weigh- it was a heavy price, a heavy cost. We still use that terminology today. That's where it came from. Well, if something, if you honor something, then in your heart, it is something that's very valuable, very precious, And if you look at it and treat it like it doesn't matter, like it's insignificant and inconsequential, you are despising it. You're treating it like it's of no value. You know, there's a common phrase coined, I guess is uh, particularly popular among teenagers uh, in recent times and still is in some places, whatever, whatever, that is a, a good example of disrespect, dishonor. When you're looking at something, you're talking about something and you're going, whatever. You're saying, no, it doesn't mean anything to me. No big deal. I don't value it. It's worth nothing to me. And the Lord said, if you do that with his things, he's going to do that with your things. If you honor him, he's going to honor you. If you treat him and his things like they are valuable and important and precious, he's going to treat you and your things. As valuable and important and precious. If you despise him. And treat him and his things. As unimportant and worth nothing. Then your things are going to be treated. As inconsequential. And unimportant. People haven't liked to think this. But this is, this is the universal law. Of sowing and reaping. Whatever you do with him. That's how you're going to be treated. That's how it's going to come back to you. Do you want the Lord to honor you? Oh. Yes you do. Yes, yeah, does he want to honor you? Yes. Yeah, obviously he does, but what's the connection? You've got to honor him. While other people are losing their stuff and losing their homes and losing their cars and losing their jobs, if you not only don't lose yours, but you pay it off. Yes. Amen. Are you with me now? And yes. hey, you don't go backwards, you increase. Yes. The Lord has honored you. If other people are losing their family members and their babies and to disease and accidents and yours are healed and yours are protected, it's not because you're so much smarter or prettier, it's because God has honored you. Amen. Do you see this? Amen. And one of the greatest ways that He honors us is with His presence. Oh my. He's everywhere, but He's not manifested to the same degree everywhere. And by, you know, people talk about even with dignitaries and says so-and-so honored us with their presence. They came to our function and they were there. They honored us by being there with us. Well, uh there is nobody more important than him. When he comes to your function, you've been honored, <laughs> right? And when he manifests himself and everybody knows he's here, oh, he has honored you. Now think about this. If that's true and you see that it is, then it must be true that you and I could initiate A greater manifestation of his presence in our midst. How? By honoring him more. If we honor him, he honors us. If we honor him more, he honors us more. What if we honor him much more? Then he honors us much more. So we've been in this for some uh, weeks now. Learning what honor is and learning how to honor. The Lord's given us a lot on it already. We covered the five eyes of disrespect. We went and studied where dishonor began and where it came from, what it looks like, what it sounds like. And uh, we found that a whole lot of showing honor and respect is what you don't do. And what you don't say. Sometimes uh, a big way of showing respect is just keep your mouth shut. And so there's a whole lot there that uh, I would encourage you to get into and study. But go to Romans now, please. Romans, the 13th chapter. Romans chapter 13. What did the Lord say? Those who honor me, I will honor. Romans 13, verse 7. Romans thirteen seven says, render... Therefore, to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Listen to the the amplified translation. It says, uh, pay taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenue is due. Respect to whom respect is due. And honor to whom honor is due. Due is used as, as a word interchangeably for owed. If it's due them, it's owed them. Just like you owe taxes or you owe a bill, you owe respect. Now, this is a different mentality than much of the world. When you start talking about um, honor and respect in these areas, people tend to think, well, have they earned my respect? But that is an ungodly way of thinking. The Bible tells you that you owe certain people respect. And that has nothing to do with how you feel about it or what you think about it. If he says you owe it, then you owe it. It's where we get our term, pay your respects. It is a a scriptural terminology. And so uh, let me just go through a brief, a short list of who the Bible says we owe respect and honor to. Of course, first off. You owe respect to God. You owe honor to Him. You owe it to Him. You don't have to feel like it. You just do. Should you give honor to whom honor is due where God is concerned in your life? Is it true that you wouldn't be alive? You wouldn't have a breath. You wouldn't have a heartbeat. You couldn't put one thought with another unless He gave you life and breath and brightness of mind. You know, when it comes to tithing, And giving offerings, the Bible said, honor the Lord with your substance. That's not just your words, that's your stuff, your money and your stuff. And with the first fruits of your increase, it's not about mechanically paying 10%. It's a matter of acknowledging that you are completely dependent upon him. People who don't tithe, who don't put God first in their finances, who don't give offerings, they're saying, hey, I made that money myself. I got up, I worked hard, I'm smart, I made good investments. And that's acting like a fool. What do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, the truth is, you wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for your Creator. And you couldn't have got up and found the door in the morning if the Lord hadn't given you some sense to do it. And you're certainly not going to be successful and have the strength and be able to work a job and make a sale and make a profit. If you have some understanding, then you're going to stand up and acknowledge I have made a profit. I've been increased because the Lord has blessed me. The Lord has protected me. I mean, you could have got sick and died before you could ever made it to work. You could have died in five accidents before you ever got to the sale. Or you could have had all your efforts just fall through, fall through. No, it's the blessing of the Lord. It makes rich. Not all our smarts and hard works. Now we're supposed to do what we know to do. But you understand. You can do everything you know to do. And unless the Lord is with you. You labor in vain. So thank the Lord. And acknowledge him and honor him, you're giving the honor that is due. You stand up with your tithe, you stand up with your offering, you say, Lord, I acknowledge, I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for you, and I bring this portion gladly because you're the one that blessed me and gave me the strength and knowledge and the ability and opportunity and favor and blessing to do it. And there's a lot more where this came from. So I bring it gladly. And that's the kind of man or woman that'll increase more and more, them and their children. So we're supposed to honor the Lord. We're supposed to honor His Word. We're supposed to honor our leaders. The Bible talks about honoring your king, honoring your rulers, honoring your leaders. Now, a lot of people, a lot of Christians are missing it on this. Because they think, well, this leader's not doing this, and this leader's not doing that. Okay, but the Bible still stands as it is written And tells you to pray for your leaders. And tells you not to dishonor them. And not to speak disparagingly of them. Do you remember Paul in the book of Acts? They arrested him. They brought him before the high priest. And he said I've lived in good conscience before God and man until this day. And the high priest commanded the the, the guard standing beside him to hit him in the mouth. And he hit him in the mouth. And I don't know if you've ever been hit in the mouth before. I have. I have bunches of times. <laughs> I used to sport fight. And, and oh man, if it, it, somebody hits you real hard in the mouth, I remember one time I was sparring with a guy, I'm supposed to be teaching him. And, uh, <laughs> and he knew a lot more than he was letting on. And so I let my guard down and I let him in on me. And the next thing I know, he hit me so hard I couldn't see. My eyes watered up. I couldn't see a thing. My ears are ringing, and I got one thing on my mind. Can anybody imagine what that is? I got one thing. My mind is, and that is hitting him. <laughs> when you get hit hard like that in the face, it just goes all over you. Somebody said, "Well, no, brother Keith, I've been sanctified." Yeah. We'd like to test that. How many like to see a test of that? I don't care who you are, what kind of experience do you think you've had with God or how spiritual, you got flesh. And it's going to go all over your flesh. Not to say you can't control it by being strong spiritually, you can control yourself. You can, no matter how you feel. But anyway, you know when that big guy backhanded Paul in the face, it went all over him. And he said, God's going to smite you, you whitewashed wall. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't cuss. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys spoke up and said, do you talk that way to God's high priest? And he apologized. Have you read the passage? He said, brethren, I didn't know he was the high priest. For some reason, he didn't recognize him or something that he was. He said, because it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. Now, here's a man that is doing wrong and he's acting wrong, but he's in a place of authority. And Paul corrects himself in front of everybody publicly and apologizes publicly to a man who's acting ungodly. See, we need mind renewal, don't we? The Bible teaches us that we owe respect to those that are in places of authority over us. You may not be able to respect and appreciate everything they say and do, but you must respect the place. Otherwise, you're disrespecting God himself. So the Bible goes on to talk about honoring mother and father. It talks about honoring God. Your elders. That's uh, spiritual and natural. Uh, in Leviticus 19.32. Leviticus 19.32. It says you shall rise up. Before the hoary head. And honor the face of the old man. And fear your God. I am the Lord. Did you know when, when someone much your elder. Comes into the room. You're supposed to get up. You're supposed to get up out of your chair. As an act of respect. Just because some of these things have been lost in our generation doesn't mean they should be lost to us. We're in this world, but we're not of the world. We're supposed to be a light. I was talking to an, an elderly gentleman that I've done some business with down in the, at the new church area. And I kept referring to him as Mr. Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so. And, and finally he looked at me. He said, you don't need to do that. Quit saying that. Well, he's much my elder. And... Um, and I kind of ducked my head. He said, is that a problem? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, well, what? I said, well, the Bible tells me I'm to show respect to my elders. He said, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it hasn't been a problem since. But should we hold to these things? As You know, some things you need to say at least as much for your benefit as theirs. A reminder to yourself. That there's a difference of place here. And a difference of honor. So the Bible says honor your elders. The Bible says honor widows. The Bible says honor that marriage is to be honored. Boy we are living in a generation that doesn't do that. That it treats marriage like it doesn't matter. Like it's totally unimportant. And Oh God does not see it that way. He instituted marriage. And marriage is holy and super important to him. The Bible said husbands are supposed to honor their wives, and wives are supposed to respect and honor their husbands. What if every husband and wife treated each other like king and queen? Hmm? What if? And what if the children, not running around hollering and virtually cussing mom and dad and referring to mom and daddy by their first names and all this crazy stuff, but what if they showed respect to mother, showed respect to father? What a different family it would be. What a different case it would be. You know I was talking to a a wonderful woman of God some years ago. An elder. And she kept talking about the man of God this and the man of God that. And at first I didn't know who she's referring to. And after a few minutes I realized she's talking about her husband. Her husband. Isn't that wonderful? And she wasn't trying to act super spiritual. That's just the way she talked. That's just the way they thought. And you could tell they treated each other like gold. Should this be the way of every Christian marriage and every Christian home and family? Yeah. And even though the world has lost this, you and I are to be bright shining lights yeah. in the middle. We've already got some wonderful reports from our children and our youth, even our little ones. Uh, from our, our teachers and from people in the community and different programs. And, and they've said, man, your child. Is so respectful of that youth, that young man. That's the most respectful young lady. And it is standing out in this dark world. And don't you, the Bible said, there's a promise that goes with honoring your father and mother that it'll go well with you. And you'll live long on the earth. I mean, as people go out into the the job markets and they go out to work in these companies and corporations, who do you think is going to be picked for promotion? The foul mouthed. Cussing, disrespectful, uh, slouchy ones are your young man, your young woman who's sharp and respectful. Who do you think is going to be used for these promotions and for these places? So, isn't it good that the Lord's teaching us these things? Because it'll keep us from harm and it'll cause us to be promoted. Can you say, Praise the Lord? Lord. Go with me, if you would, back to, uh, or maybe you're still there, at Proverbs. Thirteen and seven, but I want us to read that in the God's Word translation. Romans thirteen seven in the God's Word translation. What did I say? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Romans is where I would like for you to go. You mean you didn't pick that up in the spirit? <laughs> I got more than one thing going on inside here. So help me out. Uh, Romans thirteen seven, God's Word translation. Same one we were just at. It uh, says, pay everyone whatever you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay them. Now, I want you to notice this first word, if. And if you owe tolls, pay them. If you owe someone respect, respect that person. It said, you know, to those that it is due. Keep reading. If you owe someone honor, honor that person. We haven't talked about this side of it much, but I want to get into it today. He said, honor to whom honor is due. Is the same honor due to everyone? No, it is not. And we need to talk about that. You can give honor where honor is not due. And you can make mistakes. You can miss it. I mean if somebody comes up and says you owe them $50,000. And you never even saw them. And you don't know what they're talking about. Are you just going to start writing a check? No. Well then are you just going to start showing somebody a certain level of respect and honor. Because they say that they are this or they are that. And you're supposed to. Now, the Bible tells us to honor all men, and there is a sense that we should treat everybody as a valuable living human being that Jesus died for. Amen. We should show everybody that honor and respect. But that doesn't mean that you honor everybody as an elder, as a leader, as a your pastor, or your minister, or or what, or as your president, or whatever the case might be. No, that honor is not due everybody equally. I know uh, several times that Phyllis and I have seen the favor of God move in our life just by treating people with a modicum of decency and respect. I know back when we were flying uh, uh, commercially. We came to a place, and I mean, some flights had been canceled. It was a madhouse. and place was wall-to-wall people. You're standing around like this, flights are canceled everywhere, and people were mad. Oh, and they were cussing, and they were taking it out on the guys on the other side of these counters. And we stood in line, and I mean, we heard all kind of language, and people, well, I'm supposed to speak at a place that evening. That evening. Well, if we're people of faith, you know what it's time for? <laughs> it ain't time to fuss and cuss. It's time to get in faith. And if I'm really about the Lord's business, He knows. And if I'm really doing what He told me to do, then He's well able to get me there. And so it's time to be in faith. Well, we had already prayed, but we just joined hands again and said, Lord, whatever it takes to cause this to work out for us, we're asking you to do it. Whatever needs to happen here, we're asking you for favor. We're asking you to put it together. And then... We which I've believed do enter into. Yes. Now it's time to rest in it. Amen. If you are in faith in God, you put no pressure on other people. That's right. That's right. If you're putting pressure on people to make it happen for you, then you're not in faith in God. You're looking to them to make it happen. and Your eyes are on them and you're putting pressure on them. I've traveled with people before. They just jump on folks. In restaurants and jump on people in the airports and look at me when I looked kind of you know I I took a few steps back and uh, and they said well you know that's just my prophetic anointing I know it comes off strong I thought prophetic anointing I've seen sinners with that kind of anointing (laughs) got nothing to do with anointing it's f l e s h flesh Well you got to demand your rights, you got no, 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 no. Well it's the squeaky wheel that gets the greed. That is not a scripture. It's not a scripture. <laughs> How about believing God and looking to Him, counting on Him to make it happen and not putting pressure on anybody? So we, we finally got to the place and, and more the, the person behind the counter, they looked like a poster I saw one time, uh, that this person's hair was stuck up in every direction and their eyes were bloodshot and the caption said, I got one nerve left and you're on it. <laughs> they looked like that. And we stepped up and they looked at us and said, what? <laughs> and Phyllis said, <clears throat> I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with all this today. And they said, well, what do you need? And she said, well, we're, you know, endeavoring to get to such and such place and our ticket had us going. Well, everything's canceled and everything's done and you know the weather and I can't do anything about it. And They've just been chewed out, you know, to no end. And so click, 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 click and a thousand clicks. And then they looked up and said, hmm. Click, 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 click. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Click, 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 click. click. And they looked at us and said, where's your bags? And she said, right here. And, and looked around and said, to follow me. And put up a little thing, you know, on the, and led us out. Oh, man. The people looked at us like we had robbed the bank, man. I mean, they looked like, what did you do? You must, did you give her money? What did you do? And they led us right out of that mob of people, right into the back through, through, through doors that said no admittance and <laughs> private this and private that, and took us right onto a boarding plane and sit us down in first class. We didn't have first class. <laughs> and looked at us and smiled and we said, Thank you, thank you. And they said, You're so welcome. And that the person before us had just cussed them out. And this said to us, You know, that person those people before, they didn't know it, but I could help them or I could hurt them. <laughs> well, thank you for helping us. <laughs> That's an example of honoring all men. You just treat everybody with respect that they ought to have as a living human being that Jesus died for. That they're valuable to him. I know I came to a place, I had got a car and it needed a little something done to it. And I came to the dealership and oh man, it was a madhouse. It was like after work on a work day and everything was backed up and people were, uh, they were treating some of these folks in these uh, work uniforms uh, improperly. And uh, I came, pulled up, and the guy finally got to me, and, and I said, I looked at his name tag, I said, Mr. So-and-so. He looked at me like he hadn't heard Mr. in 10 years. And, and <laughs> I said, Mr. So-and-so. And he said, yes. And I said, uh, I can see you are swamped here. Do I need to come back another time? What do you, what can I do to help you? And he looked at me, and he said, <laughs> Where's your car? <laughs> it's right over there. He said, pull it up around these and just come right up here in the front. I said, in the front? He said, Yes, yeah, what I said. So pull it around. And he got me right in. And I wasn't trying to do that, but that works. Amen. People respond to that. You start treating them like they're part of the furniture and that they don't matter. Even if you prayed for favor that morning, you're undoing it yourself. Oh, do you hear what I just said? Now, you can pray and ask God for favor. And then you can show up at the place and God was working on favor for you for the past three days. And you can show up and act like a heathen and pound your fist and raise your voice and treat people like dirt and absolutely undo all the favor that he had going for you. Do you understand this, friends? So now this demanding has got nothing to do with being spiritual and having authority and taking your rights. That's an excuse To flesh out and be rude. Treat people like dirt. Don't do it. Don't do it. Selah. (laughs) It's a little bit quiet in here this morning. Go please to um, James chapter 2. Now we're talking about when honor is not due. When honor is not due. Why would somebody. I'm moving too quick. Didn't we say something about Proverbs a while ago. Yeah. Well I would we need to go to Proverbs. Go to, go to Proverbs now. Then we'll go to James. You did say you were believing with me right. Yeah. Okay don't forget. <laughs> Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. And one, and then maybe we'll go to James chapter 2. Proverbs 26.1 says, As snow in summer. How many know snow in summer is out of place? Right, so they had a blizzard in August. You think, huh? No, that's not right. And rain in harvest. So honor is not seemly, or the NIV says fitting. Honor is not fitting for a fool. It's like snow in August. It doesn't fit. Verse 8. Verse 8. As he that binds a stone in a sling, so is he that gives honor to a fool. He said, that's the way it is. Now, when we hear sling, we think of sling shot. And whether it's the kind David slang and hit Goliath with or it's the kind that's the wise stick pull back principles the same but how many realize it's a bad idea to tie the stone to the sling (laughs) you say hey give me some super glue and I'm gonna glue this rock here in my whatever you call it you know the what do you call that part Pocket. That's right. Exactly right. In, in the pocket of the sling. Because what's going to happen? You draw that thing way back and you turn it. <laughs> Somebody's already cringing. They're going, don't, don't do it. Why? Because you're going to wear that rock. All right? I mean, it's, it's going, but it's coming right back in your face or somewhere. That's what it's like to give honor where it is not due. It's not going to rest on them. And it's going to come back and slap you in the face. There are times and situations you are wrong in honoring and giving honor. Why would somebody give honor when it's not due? Why would they do that? Numerous reasons. Go to James and you'll begin to see. Numerous reasons why people do it. They do it all the time. They give honor to those it is not due honor they should not give honor to in James the second chapter first verse James 2 and, and 1 it says uh, my brethren have not the faith of our lord Jesus Christ the lord of glory with respect of persons verse 2 if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel and there come in also a poor man Vile raiment. Verse 3. And you have respect. You have what? Respect, respect to him that wears the gay, the, the bright, the nice clothes. And you say to him, sit here in a good place. The place of honor. And you say to the poor, you stand over there. They don't get a chair. You stand over there. Or you can sit down here by my feet. At the footstoke. Are you not then partial in yourselves and you've become judges of evil thoughts? Your thoughts and your motives are evil in doing this. Verse 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to them that love him? But you have what? You have despised the poor. Is he talking about honor and despising in this whole passage? Yes, he is. You have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Verse 7. Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which you are called? Is he correcting them for giving honor when it was not due? Forgiving people preferential seating and preferential treatment When they should not have been, why were they giving them this honor? And failing to honor others? Why? This was over money. People who had money versus people who didn't. That's why. That's a big reason that people give honor where it is not due. So many people, Christians included, Somebody come in, they find out oh well, they're a multi-multi-millionaire, they're a, they're a billionaire. I've seen preachers, I've seen Christians just act a fool. Falling over themselves, trying to treat these people with special treatment. Why? Just because they have money doesn't mean they're anything in the kingdom. Are y'all with me, friends? Are people that are of notoriety their face is on many magazines or they are a movie star or a super well-known actor or, or this one or that one. And so people give them the special treatment and roll out red carpet. Why? Who are they in the things of God? See, we ought to honor different things than the world does. Just because they say it's a big deal doesn't mean it should be a big deal to us. Phyllis and I have talked about this before. You know, there's opportunities opportunity sometime to be interviewed or to be on certain news programs or talk programs. And people say, oh, that's so-and-so program. That's internationally known. That's millions of people. That doesn't mean much to me. You say, you sure, Brother Yes. You need to understand, so many times these people are not your friend. Yeah, but all these people who see you. See you what? What are they going to see? <laughs> when they take a little piece out of what you said and put it with a little piece of something else and, and try to make you look like a fool and and they don't love Jesus, don't even believe in Him. and They don't want to advance the kingdom. Why do you want to go on there? Why do you want to be seen with it? Why do you want to put them up on a pedestal and go, oh, it's the so-and-so show? Who are they in the kingdom of God? Are you with me, saints? Who are they? I had a, a minister one time tell me he said, I'm, I'm going to have a, uh, an appreciation uh, thing and, and banquet and deal for my uh, the, some of the biggest givers in my church. And so I asked him, I said, how would you know who they are? He said, well, we keep good, good records, we know. And so I said, well, how would you know who they are? He said, well, like I said, Brother Keith, we keep good records and books and, and, and we know. I said, how would you know who they are? And of course, he saw that I'm trying to say something to him. I said, you got no idea who the biggest giver in your church is. Well, sure, we keep wrecking. No, no, you don't. It's not according to amount. You remember the little widow woman that came in. Gave those two little mites. I mean little tiny copper coins. And Jesus interrupted the flow of the offering. He wanted everybody to know. This woman outgave everybody there today. Didn't he want everybody to know. She's the biggest giver. And it sure wasn't amount wise. These other guys were giving huge amounts. But he said she outgave everybody. Isn't this wonderful to know. That because of the way the Lord has set up things. And does things. Nobody can outgive us. Because they have more money. Because it's not according to amount. It's according to percentage. And it's according to heart. So that's why I kept telling me, "You, You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. How would you know who's the biggest giver? You don't know. And so what we've got is people judging things after external and outward appearances. And honoring people that they ought not be honoring. And not honoring people that they should be honoring. fact, people say, well, Brother Keith, you ought to go over there and do this. I mean, there's, you know, 25 millionaires over there. Well, that don't mean they're going to give you a dollar. And you ought not be over there bothering them about it or asking them either. And some of these guys are blasphemers. They act like they deserve special respect just because uh, they arrived. You know, this is one of the most challenging things. I've talked with other pastors that have celebrities and, and stars or whoever that come to their congregation. And every one of them nearly say that these folks, uh, five of them are more trouble than 5,000 of other folks. Because they think they deserve special treatment. And they don't. I said, and they don't. And just because somebody is a, uh, a celebrity or an entertainer, or an actor, or well-known politician, does not mean if they get saved, you should put them on the platform next week. Are y'all with me, saints? Why? Well, yeah, but people will know them, and it'll, it'll draw people. No, no. They're babies. They're spiritual infants. They need to be fed. They don't have what they need to feed you. So they don't need to be trying to. And if they're unwilling to sit down and just be one in the crowd, that's a problem. You're right. You're right. You're right. Hope this is okay because this is it. This is the message for the day. This is. Don't be looking for something else. This is it. <laughs> Not to say we can't be nice to people and we can't be friendly, but just because there's something in the world doesn't make them anything in the kingdom. And we respect what God respects. Amen. We want to honor what He's honors. We want to treat as valuable what is valuable to Him. And a lot of this other stuff is absolutely not valuable to Him. And He despises it. To Him, it's nothing. And so that's the way it is to be to us too. <laughs> I've had people, you know, try to impress us with this or with that before. And I just smile and go, okay, and... And I had one lady say, well, you didn't act like that impressed you too much. And I wanted to say, well, you shouldn't be telling me to impress me, but I just smiled and said, well, you know, you should just do whatever the Lord tells you. They wanted me to meet with them and and try to talk them into doing these things from us. And my opinion is, hey, if the Lord told you to do it, do it. If he didn't tell you to do it, don't do it. What is there to discuss? (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not the, you know, grease the wheel, (laughs) politics, you know. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, that's not it. Uh, (laughs) Anyhow, you get the idea of just, you know, hobnobbing with people and fawning over them thinking you'll get something out of them. That is not loving them. That's trying to use them. And that is ungodly. That's not my job. My job is to minister to them. If they'll receive it. And I don't care. If they're the the president of the country. Or if they're the richest man on the planet. Uh, They don't need Jesus any less. Than you or me. And the work of redemption is not any less. Or more for for them than for us we, we're all the same in that regard and we want to show respect where it is due but in a lot of these places it is not due and we don't need to give it where it is not due I mean I the the billionaire that blasphemes my precious Jesus and wouldn't put a dollar into the gospel I got no respect for him compared to the mother that sends the ministry $20 every month like clockwork did you hear me that's the backbone of the work of God. I honor that. I respect that. I want to show honor where the Lord says honor is due. Can you say amen? amen? And the people that, you know, some of the people that people fawn over, I, I, hi, glad to see you, okay. But it's the people that have walked with God for 50 and 60 and 70 years and, and have laid foundation and have been faithful and unselfish. And done what the Lord told him to do. That's when you stand up. You get up out of your chair. And you show respect. And not because somebody's been on TV. Or on the big movie screen. Or the magazine cover. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm not talking about being aloof. Acting mean to people. I'm not not talking about that. You can be cordial. You can be kind. And you treat everybody like they're important. Because they are. Jesus died for them. But that doesn't make them an elder in the kingdom. And it doesn't make their work significant. To God. Can you say amen or oh me or. (laughs) Go to. uh, John please the 19th chapter. Let's look at this just a little bit further. A perfect example of Jesus. Demonstrating this. In John. 19 now we. We went into some detail with you. That disrespect and dishonor. Won't answer. Questions. And it won't answer the way it is asked. We saw in the very beginning when uh, man, Adam and Eve sinned. And then God came down and and said, Adam, where are you? Did you eat of the fruit I told you not to? Instead of him just answering his question, he starts trying to explain it. And blame Eve and and even blame him for giving Eve to him. And and, uh, you, you watch it when somebody says, you know, did you do that? And they go, well... I was there, and then this started happening, and then you so-and-so came, and, and I got busy, and that is absolute disrespect and dishonor. You should show humility when you're asked a question, answer the question, especially when an elder asks you a question. You should answer that question, and you should answer what they asked you and answer it the way they asked you. You start explaining, that's disrespect, dishonor, it's pride, it's rebellion, it's a number of things. But now that doesn't mean you're supposed to answer everybody that asks you a question the way they asked you. There's some people you don't even have to answer. You don't have to answer the question the way they asked you. They're not over you. Did you hear this, friends? And you remember Jesus when he was standing before Pilate and when he was standing before Herod as well. He did this in John 19 and 9. Y'all got a few more minutes. John 19 and 9, he went into the judgment hall and he said to Jesus, Where do you come from? And Jesus gave him no answer. He just stood there and looked at him. This is Pilate. Verse 10. Pilate said to him, You don't talk to me. You don't talk to me. Don't you know? I have the power. To crucify you and I got the power to release you. Boy, don't you know I can kill you or I can turn you loose. You, you don't talk to me. (laughs) Keep reading. Verse 11. Jesus said, you could have no power at all against me, except it were given to you from above. See, he is conscious of who really has the weight. Who really has the authority and power. And he is not fawning before Pilate. Uh, now it's easy for us to sit here. Looking at everything after it's happened. But put yourself in the moment. He did not fawn over Pilate and beg for his life. He stood up there with courage. And faith. And honor. And showed his respect for God. By not even answering him to start with. Oh can you see this friend. Same thing happened with Herod. You'd have to go there but Luke 23 and 8. When Herod saw Jesus. He was exceeding glad. He was desirous to see him of a long time. He had heard things. He hoped to see some miracle done by him. And he questioned him with many words. But Jesus answered him nothing. I mean this went on and on. He never did answer him a word. Why? He's acting all high and mighty like he's in control of the situation and Jesus knew he wasn't. He didn't even have to answer him. I've had reporters follow me around holler at me and uh, they thought well you, you have to give us this. I said no I don't. No. Well we'll say this and we'll say that. Well you'll say whatever you want to anyway. What what all your people think? They already know. <laughs> Just trying to get something out of you. That one person followed me while I was getting out of the plane one time. And they said, well, uh, where'd you come from? I didn't say. <laughs> Where are you going to? I didn't say. <laughs> well, don't you want to clear this or make this? Uh-uh. <laughs> one of them said, He's probably got drugs on board. <laughs> drugs on board. Well don't you want to make a statement about that? No. <laughs> no. Well you, you better say something or I'll, I'll do this or I'll do that. No. I said, I said you're not my friend. You don't care about me. But people get. They let the devil intimidate them. And put them in fear. Did you hear what I'm saying? And what about so-and-so? Well, who are they? What do I care what they think? I serve the most high God, creator of heaven and earth. I care what he knows. Are you listening? And if I'm doing things in front of him, and you, our people, and our family, if we're okay, then what about some unbeliever that wants to get on and rattle on about stuff? Who will remember them next year? Much less a thousand years from now. Much less a million years from now. So why should I get all upset? Or why should you get all perturbed or been out of shape? Do you see there's some things we should honor. And there's some things we should not. There's some things we should despise actually. The scripture said, listen to this. The scripture says in Amos. He said, I hate. I despise your feast days. In Isaiah 17, 7 and 8, verse 8, he says, Neither shall you respect that which his fingers have made, either the groves or the images. When it comes to idols and other gods and their paraphernalia, people try to insist you should show other, you should show respect to other people's beliefs and religions as well. Absolutely not. No, sir. No, ma'am. The Bible tells us that we are to abhor idols. Aren't we? We are disrespecting our God if we acknowledge these false gods and allow these false religions to be on an equal footing with Christianity and stand by and nod our head when people say, well, there are many paths to the same God and it doesn't make any difference and we stand there and go, well, yes, we just all need to live together and be happy. No, you're disrespecting your God. That is, Those are lies. There is one God. One God. The creator of heaven and earth. One. And there is one mediator between God and men. The man Jesus Christ. Just one. Just one. And he is the only way. He's the only way to the Father. The Bible says. So if you're a Christian and you believe the Bible, you must honor the word. You must believe what he told you to believe. And no, we don't bow down to these other beliefs and acknowledge them on an equal footing with Christianity. No. I'm sorry. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be ugly. But you just don't. There are not many ways. You know, people say, "Well, I'm—I just believe, you know, that there are many paths, and we're all got our own way of of reaching out to God, but we're all going to wind up at the same place." No, we're not. No, there's a family of God, and there's a family of Satan, and there's a heaven, and there's a hell. Well, you're just—you're just narrow-minded and saved. <laughs> there is a broad way that leads, you know. That leads to destruction. And many that enter in that way. And they're going off the deal. It's sad. It's terrible. But isn't it true? There's a straight way and a narrow way. And the Bible said relatively few that find it. And aren't you glad that the Lord has allowed you to see and know. That there is just one way to, to the Father. There is just one way to salvation. And Jesus is He. And that we are to honor Him. And honor what He honors. And we're not, we need mind renewal and to see things the way He sees them so that we're not honoring some ungodly, blaspheming, unbelieving something and failing to honor something that God Himself does honor. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Close your eyes, lift up your hands. Let's pray this prayer out loud with me, if you would. Say, Father God, I desire to give you the honor that is due to you to see things the way you see them. I pray, enlighten my eyes, my mind. Help me to see things the way you do. To see, valuable, to see what's valuable, what's precious, what's precious what is not. What is not. To, honor what you honor, to honor what you honor and despise what you despise. despise, what you despise. Thank you, thank you for, teaching me for teaching me and revealing it to me. And thank you that as I honor you, you said you'd honor me. You honor you. Thank you for it.